Stewart, what's going on business? Get a mannequin and call me again. Get a mannequin. Get a mannequin and call me again. Beautiful redhead mannequin standing beside me is my girlfriend, Emily. I'm assuming you're looking for me. And we just had a baby not too long ago. My, my name is Shawnee. And I do every know. And I do every know. Do every know. Do every know. Do every do What a banger! This comes to us by way of Levi, of course, sampling Shawnee, who had the mannequin, if you recall from a few episodes ago, back with Justin Martindale. Thank you, Levi. Josh Potter Show at gmail.com is where you can send in any of your music or if you uh, come across an article you want us to cover on the show, like so many Roach reporters have this week. Pleased to be sending those into Josh Potter Show at gmail.com as well. Instagram is Josh underscore Potter. The Twitter is at J underscore Potter. There you'll find links to everything. You'll find links to the Twitch. You'll find links to the Patreon. These things will be up and running as soon as I get the stream room completed, which is underway. And then I'm starting to learn what these guys know about. What is it, OBS or whatever the fuck? Yeah, got to learn that. Turns out to do Twitch. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Minimal. Th- I've, I've learned that I only need to learn a couple of things, so that's good. Uh, but, yes, it's underway. Twitch will be off and popping once that's done, and so will uh, the Patreon. Already, you get a podcast a week for just $5 a month, and uh, soon you will get content via stream room. I'd have to come up with a name for the stream room. If you have any names for the stream room, please to be letting me know those. As far as tour dates go, uh, looking at March and April packing in a couple of places uh new club opened up in chandler arizona i'll let you know when that goes on sale uh also bakersfield and some other places in southern california but uh let the roach know where you want them to set up some shows let us know in the comments leave your city wherever you want me to go i'm starting to set those things up so please to be notifying me where you live other than that any other things that i've forgotten i don't believe so uh Thank you again to all the Roach reporters who sent things in. Wow, we had a guest uh, have to cancel last minute today, so we're going solo dolo, old school style. So I'm so thankful for the Roach reporters, Justin M. and the rest, all sending in wonderful things. But the first thing that we have to get to is in the sports world, and uh, it involves a member of, well, it was supposed to be a member of the Buffalo Bills this year. That was the rumor on the street that this gentleman was going to be joining us Uh, on the Buffalo Bills. It did not come to fruition. We'll get into that a little bit, but uh, it involves Odell Beckham Jr. Our headline today on the Josh Potter Show, beep, 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 a not-so-nice boy in the nice boy clock. Beep, 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 Boy, did I get flooded with this video, and uh, I picked up the the lengthy version so we could see all of it kind of uh, go down, you see. And the video is on a plane, Odell Beckham Jr. flying first class in one of those pods. Boy, are those pods something. Have you have you two ever been lucky enough? I did get bounced up to a, bumped a up pod. To a pod one you got time. bumped up to a pod? Yep. Oh, my yep. Lord. That is the luckiest circumstance I've ever heard. 
it came on the tail end of uh, some very unlucky circumstances. But it was a, it's a nice end to it. Hey, those things, I get in one of those. I'll tell you, I don't even want the plane to stop. I say, let's do another lap. Let's go back to Connecticut and come back again. I mean, I've had it, so I'm in these pods. I'm so, I don't even know I'm on a plane. You're in a bed, and you're you're in your own environment. You have a TV. They give you toiletries in these things. I mean, it is upper crust. I mean, it's the only time I've ever considered not getting off the plane, frankly. I mean, they are wonderful. And so Odell Beckham Jr. is in one of these pods. It seems to be very early in the morning. And we have body cam footage of some police and some fire rescue type folks boarding the plane and confronting Odell Beckham Jr. at the behest of the flight crew who called them on because evidently Odell Beckham Jr. was not responding to their demands, which, you know, were as simple as please buckle your seatbelt and, like, sit up. He had the thing, like, they sh- they really should. If they don't want you to recline before takeoff and landing, they should have, like, override controls or something so you can't do it. Because the second you sit in this thing, you're like, I want to get this fucking thing into the... And then you're in the bed. You're laying there. So I think Odell Beckham Jr. boarded this plane. And you go first. So you got to wait for the rest of the, uh, you know, the cattle in the back to get on the plane. You know, so they're all like, you know, group seven and all this horse shit. They're getting in the back. So he's taking a whole nap. It probably takes like 45 minutes to board one of these ginormous planes. And I actually recently had an incident like this. Not not quite like Odell Beckham Jr. But I was on a plane sitting there in my little bed. And someone had the audacity to have a seizure on the plane. Can you believe it? The gall of this guy. So we had to wait, you know, so it, I, I almost missed my connection. It was a real to-do. I didn't get up in arms about it, necessarily, uh, because it's just the way things go. It's what happens, and obviously I'm not... This guy didn't try to have a seizure, you know what I'm saying? So Odell Beckham Jr. is laying in his little pot, and evidently they're trying to get him to, like, you know, sit up and buckle his seatbelt so the plane can taxi and take off, and uh, he does not respond. And... Does not have pants on, which is a wild move. I know those things are secluded, but the flight attendants can still walk by and be like, sir, do you want anything? You know what I'm saying? They can like peek their heads over. You are not completely isolated from the public. You know what I mean? People can walk by and take a little peek down into your little pod there. So Odell Beckham, ballsy move to take your pants off. Uh, So here is where the video picks things up. One of the policeman's body cam footage. Let's take it from there. Sir, are you able to get up? Can you get up, please? You okay? Yeah. What's wrong? The airline's called for you, sir. I don't know what it is. You good? How you doing, bud? Not that you'll be on the response, but trying to get to command speed to clear question. He's probably on a deep sleep. So pause it here for a moment. Now, I'm watching this, you know, and I'm thinking, like, they're saying Odell Beckham Jr., unruly and all this other stuff. So this fireman who's over there talking to him, you can hear him talking to him. He's asking him, hey, how are you, sir? They 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 come in and they go, sir, you know, and he wakes up, he gets up, he sits up, and he's looking around because now there's cops around him. So he they ask him, you know, are you all right or whatever? He's like, yeah. You know, he's kind of like 
waking up from being asleep. And the fireman, this fireman, like, tries to defend him. It's like this guy doesn't want to do anything. I don't know if he knows it's Odell Beckham Jr., but I'm pretty certain this guy's just like, what are we doing here? This guy was just sleeping. Who gives a shit? That's what the energy is of this fireman. He even says at one point, he goes, probably in a deep sleep. Okay. You know, tons of people get on a plane. I can't believe I haven't been confronted on a plane for how deep of a sleep I go into. I mean, daddy takes some drugs to get on a plane. And I'm in that thing like, you know, I'm over. Talk about unresponsive. Holy hell. I mean, they bring that drink card around. They're like, sir, do you want? Oh, okay. You're dead, basically. Okay. You're going to use up. I'm up against the window, like, you know. And, uh, man, I, so I've been there, you know, and I, if they tried, I try, I, I put my seatbelt on and I don't take that shit off. That's my, my game. So they can't come and yell at me about the seatbelt. They go, oh, the seatbelt's on. I leave it like loose. They can't tell you how to tight, to tighten the seatbelt. I've noticed you can leave the seatbelt as loose cause it's all a fallacy. That seatbelt's not doing shit. If the plane goes down, you're, you know, it's all nonsense. It's like that fight club scene, you know, where like. The plane rips apart in half and everything like that. And then Brad Pitt's like, yeah, it's all fake safety or whatever. It really is. The seatbelt does not do. I mean, I guess if you're like rolling on the runway and you collide with like a luggage cart or something and the plane goes, woo, you know, I guess the seatbelt would help in that case. But when you're in the sky, that what are you, what are you strapping yourself to, to what? You know what I mean? It's all going to fucking explode. <laughs> so I keep the shit loosey goosey. I mean, it is hanging off me basically. For the most part, but they can't tell you to tighten it. I noticed. So this guy, this firefighter, just keep an eye on him because I have a feeling he's on Odell Beckham Jr.'s side and which leads me to be on his side, too. I got to side with the fire, the fire department, you know, 9-11, the whole thing. They're heroes. We got to side with them. So let's listen to what he says more. He answers. We can't hear it, but he answers. The right answer. Where is that? He's very tired. This guy's trying to defend him. This guy's like taking up arms. He looks good to me. He said. Where's his pants? Oh, sorry. Where's the baby's pants? Now pause this for a second. This woman, the flight attendant, goes, "Where's his pants?" This is how we are aware that he didn't have pants on, evidently, prior to this interaction. And everyone who was just standing there is like, "He had pants on." So I don't know if Odell Beckham Jr. heard them be like, sir, you have no pants. And that was like one thing he did. He was like unresponsive. He was like, oh, I'll pull my pants up. Okay. So maybe he pulled his pants up. But the flight attendant goes, where's the baby's pants? And that threw me for a loop because I thought, does he have a baby with him? I'm looking around like, wait a minute. He's got a child just on his lap. That you can't do. But no, she calls Odell Beckham. I realize later she calls Odell Beckham Jr. a baby because he refused to put his seatbelt on and held up the plane. So she's like, where's the baby's pants? Now, this that's a little attitude that I don't necessarily, you know? Because here's the thing. So many people, I thought, I thought, I don't know which way to go on this. I wanted to defend Odell Beckham Jr. because I thought everyone would be hating on him. But now there's so many people defending him where it's kind of like, I don't know which way to go, you know? So I'm trying to just kind of keep it, Let's play it out as it goes here. So she calls him a baby there. Where's the baby's pants? They looked like he's got pants on. Play it. He's only got his underwear. Yeah. Yeah, they're on. They're on. They're on, lady. The pants are on. They're all like, what are you talking about? Go back. Go back, Brian. Okay. 
Go back. Go back. We don't need anybody else on here. <laughs> They're like, get this plane off the ground already. I mean, you don't want them to fly. That's a decision that you guys are going to have to make. That's, Pause know, this for a second. I love this part because now we're seeing how the interactions of the airport employees work. We're seeing the police, the fire department. We're seeing the flight attendants. Now, this is like the bureaucracy of the airport, basically. The fire department came on. The police came on. And they're all like, uh... You have to kick them off. You know what I'm saying? They're passing the buck here for Odell Beckham Jr. They're saying, oh, well, uh, if you want them off the plane, that's a call you have to make. We're fine. You know, the fire the fire department came on, the EMT guy, and he's like, seems good to me. He was obviously just sleeping. And she said, do you know how many times we had to shake him to put his seatbelt on? That's like That seems like petty flight attendant bullshit. Like, that seems like stuff that they have to do every single time. You mean to tell me you don't have to do that to like four people a flight? So I'm so far, I'm on Odell's side. And the thing about Odell Beckham Jr., if you don't know, now he's kind of what they call a diva in the business. And he never really had any criminal sort of things in his past that uh, make you think like this guy's a scumbag in that way. But he is like a, a prima donna in the sport, you know? And there was the famous thing, and this kind of made me like him a little bit. This was kind of funny. He was at a table, I think at the Met Gala, with Lena Dunham. And Lena Dunham, like, I don't know. She was at the heyday of girls, you know? And I don't know what she was expecting it, but Odell Beckham Jr. just didn't pay attention to her. And she said it was like the... She goes, like, he didn't even, like, acknowledge me as a female. It was like I was a beanbag chair or something. Like, he walked... To which I was like, what do you want, Lena Dunham? Look at this guy. I mean, he's fucking chicks that I can't even possibly fathom. You know what I'm saying? What are you looking to look up Lena Dunham? You want to show the people? Well, I was going to look up what the I was going to look up what her actual line was, what she said. Oh, I don't know what she, Yeah, let, let's see what she uh what she said. But Odell Beckham Jr is not in the league right now despite the fact that he per, perhaps is you know, could be valuable to a team. He was on the Rams last year when they won the Super Bowl, joining them even late in the season and adding a little thing. So he thought, because he had some injuries lingering, he thought he could just step onto a team that was a contender for the playoffs. Didn't turn out that way. And many people are pointing to incidents like this plain one being reasons why he didn't join the team. But I think he just, he wanted to join in the playoffs. Teams wanted him to join at the end of the regular season, and they couldn't uh, come to an agreement there. Yeah, Lena Dunham gets ripped on Twitter because it's like, yeah, Lena Dunham, what do you expect? You expect this guy to be like, mm, look at Lena Dunham, shit, I want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, not going to happen for you, toots. What does it say there? Anything? He was like, that's a marshmallow. That's a child. That's a dog. It wasn't mean. He just seemed confused. He, he didn't wrote. say any of those things. These are, <laughs> this is Lena Dunham projecting onto herself. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So shut up, Lena Dunham. So this was a thing like people point, oh, you know, Odell, blah, blah, blah. So he hasn't, he's never really done anything criminal as far as I know. Can you just see if he's been like, can you just type in Odell Beckham Jr. arrested? I'm sure this plane story will be the whole thing, even though he was never arrested on this, this whole deal. Odell Beckham Jr. arrest warrant issued for slapping guards butt. Oh, this was hilarious. This is hilarious, too. So LSU is the school that Odell Beckham Jr. went to. When they won the national championship, it was with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Odell Beckham Jr. was there. He's 
not far removed from that team. So he was there celebrating. And he uh, during like the on like during the part where like people storm the field and there's, you know, security out there protecting the coach and things like that. Odell Beckham Jr. is there and guards are trying to like get people through. And he ends up just smacking one of the security guards on the butt. And the guy like what a homophobe. The guy got slept on the butt. He's like, he raped me. Like, what are you, a fucking chick? Grow up, guy. Is that the video of it? Because I think there is video of him slapping the ass. Hey man, D. Lou finna go to jail, y'all. Hey. hey. Look at this. Oh, nerd. Uh, you can't smoke in here, mister. Is that alcohol? You just won the national championship. Are you having a drink? Fucking square. Look at And there's Odell Beckham Jr. slapping him on the ass. Now this guy. What the? Uh, you assaulted a police officer? The fucking rent-a-cop. So, I mean, that's just funny. That's just funny hijinks. I like it. I like that. So, you know, I, you know, people think Odell's a scumbag and whatever else. And it, it, there really is, again, no, he's not, you know, beating women. He's not like uh, not paying child support. I mean, there are so many other monsters that you can take umbrage with. But so uh, here we are now watching the flight attendants and the EMTs argue about who's going to get him off the plane. They're like, if you want him off the plane, you got to do it because there is medically no reason for me to remove him from the plane. Let's keep going. Nothing, and then we'll, we'll get him out, but that's something that you guys got to make. Multiple times, multiple people. Hey, sir, sir, put your seatbelt on. All we're getting is this. I, this is a five-hour flight. Yeah, this is five hours. Like, then that's up to you guys. Yeah, that's up to you guys. But medically, if he doesn't want us to check him out, I can't again. And I don't really say anything wrong. He might be tired. Or have taken a long trip and doesn't want to follow orders, that's a whole other app. He told her he just came from a club. Yeah. Oh, he okay, came from a I club. What well, I mean, the amount of times I step onto a plane after zero sleep. He just responded to know where he's at. He knows where he's at, exactly where he's flying. And he had pants on when he came on. He doesn't have pants on now. His pants are on now. His pants are on. Well, he had shorts on. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Please pause it. The debate about his pants being on is choice i love that and they're like his pants are on he knows where he's going he was just sleeping can you like can this plane please just take off and now here's the other thing that's about to occur and this is where people are like what a scumbag blah 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 they're gonna deplane the entire plane and i've been a part of that that's so dumb like the pot the don't blame Odell for the policy. <laughs> People have to take their luggage and get off the plane and then wait and board again. That's where people are like, what? To make 200 people do that is a scumbag move. But here's the thing about Odell Beckham Jr. He is a diva. And when you're dealing with a diva, there will be kicking and screaming. They could have just the bent over, the fucking uh, you know, flight attendants. Did they really need to make that issue that day? You know, the guy had the cops come on and put a little spook into him. I'm sure he was about to put his seatbelt. It's like, just put the seatbelt on and we'll be on our way. And now he's going to refuse because of all the hullabaloo. This is where, you know, now you're dealing with a child, and that's unfortunate. And uh, But I think they're acting like children in every capacity here. This is the problem with flying in the sky with... 200 strangers it's the worst because you have to like deal with the other 199 people's sensibilities and not everyone as we've learned 
uh, can handle that. I mean, post COVID, during COVID, people were losing their fucking minds, slapping these people. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. didn't hit you. You know, you could have had a lot worse during COVID. There could have been some guys like, please put on your mask. And he's like, I'm going to spit in your fucking face. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could get gross. So now that's becoming this, like, they're like, we want him off. The captain is going to have to go get informed. And now they're going to have to tell everyone to deplane. Let's see what what occurs now. Whatever you decide. If you want, we'll stand by out here because I don't know what's going to be. Right. I don't know what you want us to do as far as fire rescue. He's mad at us because we called you. I said, we're worried about you. Oh, that woman's sweet. You guys are doing your, you guys are doing your job. He's going to go deteriorate once we get in the air. Of course. He's all Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't hear you. Yes. No, he doesn't want to come off. He does not want to come off? No, he's coming to the next. Okay. Advise the sergeant to come here. Um, Mode of 70 is on the way. He needs to come off. We're going to have to deport everybody. This woman wants him off so bad. And now they're saying we have to deport, deboard everybody. And now you see all the people taking their bags out of the overhead containers, walking past Odell Beckham Jr., knowing he's the reason. The people in first class at the very least. Only one guy calls him out. Here it is. One guy's calling him out. Some fat old guy in the back. It's hilarious. You whippersnapper with your hoodie and your pants. Pause it real quick. Can we see why those pants fell off, by the way? They're falling off right now. Those pants were coming off. I mean, they must have just, he must, they're like gym shorts. They probably just slid down. They're huge on him. And so Odell Beckham Jr. is now squaring up with this old man, basically. Not to fight him, but he's going to talk mad shit. Because that guy's the only guy that called him out. And, you know, the balls on that guy is great. I, I don't mind that at all. You know, old men don't give a fuck. They will call out bullshit all, all the live long day. I love Odell Beckham Jr.'s comeback, though, which is, I don't know. I, I would love to flex like this someday. Go ahead. Sir, sir, hey, hey. Listen, just, just follow instructions right now. We need everybody to be That's it. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate your, your, your no, but that's just, it. There's nothing you can say. You don't have to, don't have to talk to him. Everything wrong with the world. Never in my life get off the plane for you. Never in my life get off the plane for you. Specifically. Maybe everybody else. I would get off the plane. This shit don't mean nothing to me. Ain't no way you could look at me. Ever. Ever. Pause it real quick. They're both in first class. Odell Beckham Jr. does. That guy could be like the president of Tyson Chicken or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't know who he's talking to. That guy could be way more rich than you, Odell. He's not flossing quite like you. You know, he's just some old, you know, guy. I don't know what he's doing. But, yeah, of course, that guy's pissed. I'd be pissed, too, if I had to deplane. I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing? But I'm also, like, pissed enough where I go, like, we can't just, like, sit here while you drag this guy out i mean i've seen the videos of united where they drag the asian man down the aisle can't we do one of those or is it because he's black now we can't touch him you know what i'm saying like they have to deplane so they can really lump him up and not have any witnesses like what are we talking about here why do we all have to get off the plane i'm more angry at the policy than i am at odell beckham jr because you're gonna have wild cards on these things like i said you got 200 randos in the sky 
whether it be a seizure of somebody having it, or you have just some psychopath, or you have Odell Beckham Jr. throwing a tantrum. Whatever the scenario may be, the fact that we all have to get off the plane is stupid. Can we all agree on that? So here is Odell still jawing at this guy, and he's got just one more choice line as this guy walks by that I think is hilarious. You gonna wait 40 minutes, and I'm gonna be on a private plane home. Yeah, get your fat ass. Yeah, I will. Get your ass off the plane for a second. Yeah, I bet. I think that's Enjoy the cheese board on the way home. Wait, Kovac, what did he say there? I'm going to have a cheese board on the way home. That's true. I mean, come on, dude. The guy was passed out 40, like, four minutes ago, and now he's like, I'm going to have a cheese board. He already knows what he's going to have on the private jet. (laughs) He's telling this guy, I'm going to be on a private plane on the way home while your ass is still waiting in the fucking terminal. That shit's hilarious, and I get it. Trust me. The man is the reason they're getting off of the plane, and he is really rubbing it in the face of these people. It's an asshole move, but it is so funny. You have to admit. And really, who's getting hurt here at the end of the day? The people are going to get back on the plane. Sure, they might have to... Your connection's fucked up because of Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I mean, come on. We used to have people flying these planes into buildings. Now it's just Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> not waking up. I mean, it's a better world. I mean, can't we look at it that way? A little glass half full action, you know, at the end of the day. Ah, oh. so they say anything else here? I mean, nothing's going to beat the cheese board line. Can I, can I, I'm going to rewind it and I want to hear the cheese board line. Sure, you, please. You know, I think that's what he's, I, I'm pretty certain that I read about a cheese board. You going to wait 40 minutes and I'm going to be on a private plane home. Yeah, get your fat ass. Fat ass. Yeah, I will. Get your ass off the plane for a second. Yeah, I bet. Enjoy the cheese board on the way home. Oh, he's telling him to enjoy the cheese board on the way home. Oh, yeah, they do. I guess they get a cheese board up in that first class. (laughs) Got, like, fucked up. I'm sorry. He's like, I got fucked up at the club. Who hasn't done that? Yeah, you guys complain around the galley. Who's he calling right there? That's I love that. When you're such a celebrity and you just got like a you just call there's some poor sap on the other side of that phone who's like, "Oh god, Odell's calling at 6 in the morning. Odell Beckham's calling me, honey. I got to wake. I got to take this and you pick it up. Yeah, Odell, what's what's happening?" And he's like, "I'm getting kicked off a plane." <laughs> you're like, "Fuck, man. All right, I'll uh I'll make some phone calls, you know. Some poor idiot on the other end of that. Hopefully he's making a shit ton of money." But boy, oh boy, what a just, mm, I'm so happy. And people are up in arms. And then there are other people who are defending him being like a little too. So I'm somewhere in the middle. I think it's a hilarious incident. I take umbrage with the airline's policy of deplaning when these incidents happen. And I know someone's going to run. Well, Josh, you see, they have to deplane so that they can make sure that the, the plane is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. I do not. It's seems so needless and I'm sure that there is a logical reason for it but at the end of the day that's not going to justify it at least in my opinion but speaking of football my friends today's Josh Potter show is brought to us by the fine folks at DraftKings hey football fans this coming up week it is the divisional round which I am 
so excited about. I can't wait. All the divisional games are getting closer and closer to the big one, my friends. And the best action is always with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl, 57 new customers can bet just $5, and they're going to get $200 in free bets instantly. Uh, they've got all kinds of new and exciting things customers can get to be a part of. The no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round happened this past weekend. I won a little bit of action on that boy, uh, that bad boy right there. They just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you're going to get a free bet back up to $10. It's action so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else so right now my friends go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code Josh Potter new customers can bet five dollars on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Josh Potter minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details today's Josh Potter show also brought to us by Rocket Money and boy oh boy speaking of uh, making some money I'm saving some money now with the fine folks at Rocket Money. It's a new year, and you're probably getting billed for all those like free trials you signed up for back in 2022. I noticed a couple ding on my phone there. And also, I noticed through Rocket Money that I was signed up for things that I don't even remember signing up for. But thankfully, I'm, I got the Rocket Money app. Boom. No longer wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions I didn't even know about. That's why I love Rocket Money. It's formerly known as Truebill, by the way. Maybe you've uh, tested them out before. Rocket Money shows all your subscriptions right in one place, even the ones you didn't know you were paying for, and it cancels whatever ones you don't want. You may even find out you've been double-charged for a subscription. That's craziness. To cancel a subscription, you just press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest Real easy. So right now, get you get rid of the useless subscriptions with Rocket Money. Go to rocketmoney.com slash potter. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars a year. You're going to be surprised. That's rocketmoney.com slash potter. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash potter. And boy, oh boy, elsewhere in the sports world, I won't uh, take up too much more time with the sports because we have so many news stories to get to. Uh, but I wanted to get to this one story about someone who was not gambling responsibly. And that's what I encourage all of you to do. Stay gambling responsibly. Although it could be responsible for this guy's world. I don't know how rich this guy is. But it's about a man named Jim Mattress Mac Mackinvale. Boy, did he have a rough last week. I'll tell you, one week ago. The national championship game went on between TCU and Georgia. Worst football game in the history of time. I mean, it sucked. Absolute blowout. It was done by, like, the first quarter. I turned it off. I didn't even finish watching it. I went back and looked at the score. 65-7. to National championship game. Some people look at Michigan saying they blew it and could have had a really good one if Michigan would have made it. But nevertheless, I, I bet on TCU. But I did not bet like this gentleman. No, sir. On uh, Monday, back on the national championship game, he bet $3 million on TCU to defeat Georgia in the college football playoff national championship. Well, Georgia ended up, you know, as I mentioned, demolishing TCU. But this gentleman, that wasn't the first time he lost millions of dollars betting against Georgia. I don't know what this guy has has it in for Georgia or what, but the last net two national championships, this Houston furniture store owner lost a whopping $9.2 million total. That's banana land. All because he voted against or bet against Georgia 
in the last two national title games. His name is Mattress Mac, though. So I think he's got the cake to do this. Maybe he was, like I said, betting responsibly. I'll take about five seconds to get over this and look forward to the next adventure, McInvale told the BR betting following uh, TCU's loss. A gambler has to be resilient. You've got to know that they're going to knock you down and knock you down a lot. We'll regroup and go forward again and say thank you to our great customers who participated in this promotion. So this has a a part of his promotion for his business where he just gambles away the profits. Hilarious. As usual, McInvale centered his bet around a promotion at Gallery Furniture that promises any customer that spends three grand or more is going to receive two times their money back. The famous gambler would have stood to win an estimated $8 million if the Horned Frogs upset the Bulldogs on Monday. Boy, oh boy, so this guy's losing a bunch of money by giving them... the. He's like, well, I'll just pay for it with gambling. I don't think that's responsible gambling. <laughs> when you're just like, I'll do a promotion at my business where I'll give my customers two times their money back, and I'm going to pay for it off the TCU Horned Frogs. Plus 350 or something. I mean, that bet was crazy. But let's not feel too bad for Mac and Vail. The TCU loss comes after Mattress Mac won a whopping $75 million when the Houston Astros won the... Okay, well, he's all right then. So he's got a big bank in there. <laughs> I was about to fucking go like, that's crazy. That's not very responsible. But he's got $75 million in his uh, fucking gambling portfolio at the moment because of the 2022 Houston Astros World Series victory. It was the largest payout in sports betting history, and McInvale also wagered $2.5 million on the University of Houston men's basketball team to win the NCAA tournament in April. So he's still alive, folks. Interesting. God, wouldn't that be fun to have that much money and just be like... When I get like into the thousands in my balance, I'm like psyched. You know, I feel it. I'm like, holy shit, look at me. This is bananas. And then you're throwing 40 bucks on a game. You're like, who am I? Fucking Rockefeller? Throwing 50 bucks, 40 bucks on a game? I'm fucking rich. It is news time. And uh, boy, oh boy, so many great Roach reportings. I don't even know where to begin necessarily, but this one's interesting. It involves uh, a massive tuna fish. Uh, and this is tough because we have to dance around sensitive language for YouTube involving this subject. He, this fish, uh, what did we, what did we say was the euphemism? Didn't we have a code, Kirsten? Uh, I think last time I said he committed slip and slide. Slip and slide. He committed slip and slide. I love it. And so this tuna, you know, I don't know if that'll get on the algorithm. Uh, Buddy slip and slided himself after swimming head on into glass. He did it on purpose, and he re- uh, and that's uh, I'm sorry. It says he slid head on into glass. Has reignited calls to for flash. Oh, so it's because someone had flash photography. They were taking a photo of the tuna, and this flash, evidently so traumatic for the tuna that he was like, I have to slip and slide myself, and he just barreled into the glass and ended his life. The video of the tragic event was posted on Reddit and the death of the fish has once again sparked debates on the suitability of flash photography at aquatic museums. In the footage, you can see visitors taking flash photography of an exhibit at a crowded aquarium exhibit. Now, can we see this video? Because, I mean, what are we talking here? One flash? Or is it like, you know, Jordan putting up that final shot at the end of the game and it's like... 
you know what I'm saying? Like, what's this fish dealing with? And did he slip and slide himself, or was he disoriented from all the flashes and just was like, and then swam into the glass? We don't know. What it was in Reddit? Do we? Uh, I I mean, I don't want to see the fish kill itself necessarily, but I would like to see the. Uh, Oh, it's too. It's a snuff film of a fish. I mean, are fish like? What's the? Where's the debate stand on that? Are they sentient beings? A tuna fish. So it's like a cow. I think probably less than a cow, but what? We there's a spectrum of sentient. Sure, yeah. Is yeah. there really? Yeah. So where's like a muscle on that list? I think muscles very very low. Very very low. I think mollusks. Are very very low, then like an oyster, like, like all those. Yeah, that's very very low. Then you got like crustaceans. You got your okay. They're above crawfish. it. They're I think that they're above it. Well, then those, you, have, like, you know, they're fish. like aliens. The I eat I'll eat crab and lobster, but I'm not doing the autopsy part, where you're breaking it all apart. Cannot do that. No sir, I do not do the autopsy. I need someone to do that for me. I am a little bitch. I cannot. Can't uh, abide such idiocy. Any longer. I'm cracking its ribs. I'm fucking poking its eyes out. I don't want to do that. Put the filet out there, and I don't even know what it, what it part of the lobster it was. I'd prefer that. Okay, so you're watch. Th- did we just watch the fish run into the wall? So is that the tuna, that big one? No, no, no. no. That's a, that's a, because sort of I was going to say, that's a hell of a, I mean, sun kiss. Get a hold of that guy. Yeah, you'll see him come like from the whole, side of the screen and slam like 20 into 20 cans of tuna right there. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I see the flashes. That was one flash, and boom! Oh, my Lord. What the fuck, dude? That's not suicide. That's a homicide. Yeah, that man killed the fish. That's assisted homicide. That man killed the fish. He did the flash, and the fish freaked out and then ran into the wall. That was not like the fish going, Oh, the horror! You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he did just make himself easier to can, though. Yeah, I mean, mean, yeah, Sunkiss. Scoop that guy out, and let's get him into a fucking couple pouches, huh? Some lemon pepper. <laughs> Tapatio flavor. I don't know. Jalapeno. I can name all the... I love those pouches. I'm do, I'm a pouch guy now. I'm not a can guy. I do the pouches. They're a little more expensive, but boy, oh boy, are they delicious. Yeah, I'd like to eat that fucking tuna. That guy's huge. Massive. Thank you, Justin M., for sending that in. We'll have to look into the uh, problematic aquarium visitors who are taking photos. That was only one flash, by the way, that did that. What were the other fish doing? They don't care. Just that tuna. He was freaked out. It must have just caught him at the right. That big one down there, whatever the hell that is, he didn't give a shit. He was just, he's moving on his way. Well, until a real, like, because like I said, or like you said, I should uh, should say, there's a scale to the sentient part. I bet if a dolphin ran into the glass and killed itself, oh, it'd be a huge deal. But it's just a tuna. We eat those. So they're like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Next up, this is, I always love a good Taliban story because you're wondering, what are they doing these days? Huh? It's been 20 years, you know? When's their next hit coming out, you know? The Taliban has unveiled the first ever supercar designed and made in Afghanistan. Now, what is a supercar exactly? Do we have them here in America? I haven't driven a car in five years. They all look like supercars to me. <laughs> They've got screens. They don't even have keys anymore. Do we know what a supercar is, any of you? Yeah, sure. Supercar is, you know, the. It's around. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's there are supercars in the U.S. 
What's an example of a supercar? Is this like Tesla or something? No, like, like a that? Lamborghini, like certain Lamborghinis. Oh, or... like a sports car. Yeah, a sports car, but like, or or you know what? It's even bigger than that. It's like a Bugatti Veyron or something like ah, that. No, I'm not going to pretend I know what that is, but I know Bugatti. That sounds like a purse. I mean, it's sounds expensive. What's the other one? All the all the people are talking about a uh, Maybach. That's a is that a supercar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybach makes some supercars. This is like the Bugatti Veyron. This is the oh, that is pretty. Now, is, if I ever got to drive, you need like I gotta be in the desert. What are they? Where do they test out like the cars out in the like salt fields or whatever the hell they're called? That's the only place I would ever be allowed to drive a car like this, because boy, oh boy, I wouldn't even feel comfortable. My father had a Corvette, and. I was 16 years old, and he let me drive it down like a residential street, and even that was like too intense for me. I'm a bitch, and I, you know, I don't drive. I'm, I'm driving fucking Honda CRVs and shit like that. I'm not driving supercars. I remember when I rode with Tom a few times, and then he's like, "Give me, give me!" I'm like, "We're gonna die! We're gonna die!" You know what I mean? <laughs> but he loves that shit. Ah, oh, so now Afghanistan and the Taliban, more specifically have designed their own supercar. I bet that thing is pristine in terms of mechanics. I'm going <laughs> to guess. The aggressive and sleek-looking Mata 9 prototype sports car is the culmination of five years of design and development led by 30 engineers. Oh, boy. I mean, they really took a long time to come up with something that we did pretty relatively easy over the course of the last 40 years. It's unlikely to rival the likes of Bugatti and McLaren, with the team behind Mata 9 claiming its engine is that of a comparative uh, pedestrian Toyota Corolla hatchback. So not a supercar. If your engine's comparable to a Toyota Corolla hatchback, can you name it? I guess that's a supercar for Afghanistan. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are they're compa- like what's what's a Toyota Corolla hatchback then? Like a buggy with a horse pulling it? Like what are we comparing things here? What's the scale? Taliban spokesman, how cool would that job be for a PR student out there? Zabahullah Majahad, I'm going to say I got that one pretty close. He proudly posted images of the car on social media and said its construction was an honor for the whole country. So basically they just took a Toyota Corolla and made it look like a fucking supercar with like the outside. I would like to think the Department of Vocational Education under their umbrella, the country has been provided with valuable services. He wrote on Twitter, one clip showed uh, the coupe gliding gently down a snowy road with a pleasingly throaty rumble coming from its exhaust, much to the delight of eager onlookers suggesting the Mata 9 is at least one step ahead of most other cars that they have access to in Afghanistan. The head of the ATVI, uh, Ghulam Hadir Shahamat, told Afghanistan's Tolo News that the Toyota Corolla engine has been modified in such a way that if you increase the speed, it's powerful enough to take it. So, oh, you're talking like a souped-up Toyota Corolla. Uh, my buddy Al did that with his 1988 Toyota Corolla when we watched Fast and the Furious. Meanwhile, NTOP CEO Muhammad Riza Almada told Tolo News that he had hoped the supercar would convey the value of knowledge to the people and help boost Afghanistan's image on the world stage. I think you got a lot of work to do in that department. <laughs> I mean, uh, boy, oh, boy. It's going to take more than a souped-up Toyota Corolla to erase the past 25 years of uh, Afghanistan reputation. 
It will start its journey in Afghanistan and will one day maybe go international. I doubt it. I thank God very much that I was able to finish the construction of Afghanistan's very first car. Well, hey, you know, I, I tip the cap to you, Afghanistan. Congrats on your first car, you know. China's going to the moon and shit, so, I mean, you got to look at the scale of the world here and where you're at. I'd be kind of like, we're just doing cars now? It's 2022. We're only on cars? Let's get a little let's get a little pep in our step here. I mean, we got to pick it up. But congratulations to the Taliban, you know. As long as you're making things other than vest bombs, I'm happy with whatever you're doing. Thank you for continuing to be safe. Uh, next up, we have a, a Roach reporting from Cody, who sent things into Show at gmail.com. This one says, couple leaves $11,000 in drugs in a hotel. I've left some drugs in a hotel. Never quite that amount. I'll tell you what. It is scary, though, when you leave drugs in the hotel. You're like, shit, the maid's going to find my fucking weed. Oh, my Lord. Did I leave a Xanax on the table? You know, stuff like that. But then you just go, well, they're people. Maybe they'll just be like, sweet. How often? I would love to talk to a person who cleans a hotel, you know, an expensive one at that, and see how often they just find drugs and just go, hey, yoink. I wonder if there's like a survey out there or something like that. But in this uh, instance, it happened in Bracebridge, Ontario. A man and woman from that location have been arrested after police say $11,000 worth of drugs were accidentally left in a Guelph hotel room. I don't think Guelph is in that area, but uh, where the fuck is Guelph? That's not in fucking Ontario at all, is it? It's more of a... Oh, it is in Ontario. Well, look at that. I haven't been allowed in Canada since 2009, so give me a break. (laughs) Guelph police say officers were called into the North End Hotel on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, they came into the hotel, North End Hotel. Can we get a gander at that in Guelph? Guelph is a wonderful, uh, picturesque ski town in Canada. People take many a ski vacations up there. It's like their Big Bear, if you will, or perhaps their uh, Aspen in Canada, if I dare say. So I bet this was a choice hotel. Staff said they had searched the room after guests checked out and found a sock stuffed with what looked like drugs. And you see, that that one gave me shivers because that's where I keep my drugs is in a sock (laughs) when I fly. Police examined the sock and found it contained suspected cocaine, fentanyl, heroin, prescription opioids with an estimated value of $11,000 and, well, actually $11,100. So there's that extra 100 in there. That was the fentanyl. On Tuesday, a 34-year-old man and 31-year-old woman were arrested in another jurisdiction and returned to Guelph, each face five counts of possessing controlled substances for purpose of trafficking. I don't believe that charge will stick. Because it's like not technically possession. Sure, it was in the room. They can try. It's I think the amount makes them have to prosecute this situation. But at the end of the day, I don't know that it will all stick. And I think it's funny that they listed fentanyl. It's almost like they did them a favor by finding these drugs. They're like, hey, there's fentanyl in there. They're like, whoo, we almost sold that to people. Thank God we didn't. You know, and then they just shake hands and go about their lives. $11,000 in drugs in one sock, though. That had to be a, I mean, what are we talking here? One that you hang over the fireplace on Christmas? How big is this sock? 
how much does heroin cost? I mean, it's $11,000. That's crazy talk. Just some cocaine and some, I mean, cocaine is tiny. You can fit that in there. I guess heroin is too. It depends what form it's in. I'm just thinking of how you fit. When I think $11,000 in drugs, I'm thinking like a cartoon. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like, whoa, a suitcase of drugs if you would have told me $11,000. But no, it's just one sock, evidently. But hey, we got some fentanyl off of the streets. That's what we get. let the heroin and cocaine go back out there, though. You know, isn't it something? Fentanyl's that bad where I just go like, heroin's not so bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got a uh, another police story. This one's fun because the cops be fucking. And I got this sent to me a few times, but the first man who sent it to me was Mr. Larry Bowman. It says here, the husband of a Tennessee cop who was fired for having sex with six other officers is a wholesome state park ranger, the Post had learned. Ex-cop Megan Hall, or is it Megan? It's just Megan, but really spelled odd. It's almost like Megan, which I do know that there are women who pronounce their name that way, to which I say, stop it. Megan Hall said that she and her husband, Jedediah Hall, were in an open marriage although he did not seem to be on board, according to an internal investigation. (laughs) That's always funny. We're in an open marriage. Here they are right here. Look at this guy. That guy's handsome. That lady should be happy, but she wants to get dicked down by strangers at the old state park or wherever the fuck she works, you know? She's up in those cabins. Boy, oh boy. That's always funny, though. The open marriage where it's, like, one-sided. You're like, yeah, I'm not really on board with it, but she wants to do it, so I said okay. Never ends properly. I don't know why people even go in on it. According to Hall's Facebook page, she and Jedediah were married back on May 23rd, 2018. Born in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, Jedediah said that at the time, or the time that he had spent in Henry Horton State Park as a child inspired him to work with Tennessee State Parks. Without much money to travel, Henry Horton became my family's go-to summer destination. Growing up on the trails and swimming in the river made me fall in love with our state parks and being in the outdoors, he wrote in a blog. He said his favorite part about working for the state parks department is witnessing the look in our visitors' eyes when they connect. That's mushrooms there, uh, Jedediah. Those people are on mushrooms. I love seeing the (laughs) mushroom-riddled... What's wrong? Oh, we'll get to those, please. (laughs) Don't spoil it now, my friend. So this, you know, he's just a happy-go-lucky park ranger, Jedediah, you see. He also encouraged anyone interested in joining the State Parks Department to start by volunteering at their local parks, picking up garbage, and helping with waterway cleanups. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I love nature. I'm going to go to this local park and pick up trash and also clean out the waterways of all the feces and homeless shit that's in there. Megan Hall, who joined the force in 2021 and her fellow law officers, allegedly engaged in wild affairs that included exchanging nude pictures, taking her top off at a hot tub party, and even having oral sex with two officers. Well, she sounds like a real fun one, this Megan Hall. Megan Hall was ultimately fired for the misconduct. What? Who was the narc on this one? It seems like she was given the whole department action, and someone told, like, Megan didn't suck my dick in the hot tub, so I'm going to go rat her out. Two other officers who allegedly had robs with Hall, Patrick Magliocho and Larry Holiday, kept their jobs but were suspended. <laughs> you get blown by her? That's 30 days. Paid leave. <laughs> 
No, don't make me make it 15. Oh, in December 28th report, Maglioco said that he had seen Hall and Holiday kiss while watching football at a party and said Hall had kissed his own wife, Amy, after learning they had an open marriage, according to the document. I don't Now I'm getting in the weeds here about who's kissing who. The officer said Jedediah saw the kiss and told officials he really wasn't on board <laughs> with his wife having threesomes with Magliocos. Oh, so he's... this. The Magliocos are married as well, and they're bringing her in. And yeah, I would, if I'm Jedediah, I'm pissed. It's like, can I come? Can Jedediah join in? Can we make it a four-way here? I mean, come on. Maglioco also noted that he had become concerned about Hall's mental health and heavy drinking. He said Hall had once pulled the trigger on an empty gun pointed at her temple so she could hear what it sounded like. Oh, my God. What a loon. She must give such great head, though. Any girl who's putting a load, like a fucking unloaded gun to their head, holy shit, no wonder she's blowing the whole department. What a, God, she's got those crazy eyes, and she's like, let me suck your dick. I mean, it's like, we've all met him, folks. We've all been there. Po- Powell initially denied that he had a sexual encounter with Hall, but said, everybody knows she's fucked multiple people. I'm paraphrasing, of course, as he named Holiday and McGowan to the investigators. Holiday admitted under questioning to having sex with Hall multiple times, and McGowan revealed that he once went to Hall's house with another female and exposed his genitals. That's a weird thing to do. I mean, you go over there, you at least get your dick sucked, pal. You just got to take it out. I just took it out. She didn't do anything with it. <laughs> That's like what he's telling the fucking his boss. After initially denying having sexual relationships with Powell and Maglioco, Hall later fessed up to the affairs and also admitted to having sex with another man named Lugo at a motel after they met at a go-kart center, a charge that Lugo initially denied before caving under a second interrogation. Where were you the night of the go-karts? <laughs> Are these all the people? Let's see. Do we have the names with them? Uh, this this is uh, this is the woman. This is M- yes, we Megan Hall. That's the this is her husband Jedediah. Yes, there's Jed. Then we got uh, Patrick Maglioco. Maglioco, there he is, and he's got a wife that's uh, evidently on board with fucking this chick too. This is Holiday. Holiday, there he is. Yeah. Canine officer. Yeah, got my. She pet the dog, and I got my dick sucked. Uh, Seneca Shields. Ooh, okay. Now she's getting diverse. I like oh, it. Oh, uh, then there's... Oh, this one's... Oh, Lewis Powell. Hold on. This this one's also in the other one. Uh, this oh, guy. Oh, she loves that canine unit. Damn. Yeah, that guy looks like... Now, that's not the guy Jedediah wanted to have an open marriage with <laughs> right there. I'm afraid. Would a, when the woman, your wife, proposes an open marriage, I would... Venture to guess, this is what your nightmares are made of. <laughs> is it being laughing. this man right here? <laughs> this is what you go, okay, but who are we talking about? This is where your brain goes where you go, please not. <laughs> you know, and uh, again, it's not like a racist thing. It's just that guy's going to fucking bash out her skull. It's going to blow jizz straight through the top of her head. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's going to do things that I can't do. Or Jedediah certainly can't. Jedediah's over here like, aren't the trees pretty? I love nature. And then this guy's just blowing his lady's back out. Woo-wee! This lady. She's put. She's like, I just want to hear the sound of the gun. What a fuck. Poor Jedediah. Oh, the poor man just wants to hear the birds sing and 
Make the park clean. At one point during a party, an intoxicated Hall was reportedly being force-fed vodka, oh my lord, by Maglioco in the hot tub. Hey, Maglioco, I don't think you had to give her vodka. Seems like she was pretty down. You know what I mean? Let's not, like, ruin a good thing here, dude. At which time her top came off, ooh la la. Other cops stopped the former officer, from drinking and helped her cover up to protect her, according to the report. HR director Andrew Patton, who obviously had his hands full, uh, authored the report and conducted the investigation, sanctioned the eight officers with various penalties for the sexual activity while on duty, sexual harassment, conduct on becoming an officer, and lying during the course of an investigation. All the charges there. Boy, oh boy, I don't even know if we can top that one. That was something else right there. Oh, let's see here. We have things. Let's just save these if we have to. I'll end with this. It's a nice little children's story. We all know the story of Humpty Dumpty, right? Humpty Dumpty, he sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men, they couldn't put Humpty together again. So we thought, you know, I don't know. When I heard that, I thought it was an egg, right? We're all under the egg assumption here. Did you know there's a dark backstory to Humpty Dumpty? I had no idea. Evidently, it says here, uh, we all know the story of Humpty Dumpty, the giant egg who fell off the wall and couldn't be back put back together again. The nursery rhyme character has been depicted across media as an egg. Stretching all the way back to Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland sequel published back in 1871. But some might not have realized that there is no mention of Humpty being an egg whatsoever, making the tale a whole lot darker, writes the mirror. Who's this guy, by the way, on the mirror who's like, I'm going to take Humpty Dumpty and really get to the bottom of it. I want whatever acid this guy took. He, he writes, uh, here's a closer look at the lyrics and see for yourself. There's no mention of any eggs. No, we did it. I said the lyrics earlier. Humpty Dumpty, he sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. No sense, uh, no mention of an egg, as he says. Author Holly Bourne took to Twitter recently asking, why are we so certain that the nursery rhyme character is known to be an egg? Who decided Humpty Dumpty was an egg? It's not in the lyrics. Deciding he's a giant egg is quite random. Everyone else is like, yeah, a giant egg on a wall. Of course, she wrote. This woman is, she needs a fucking, she needs to go hang out with this other lady from before. Go have Officer What's-His-Nuts give her that good good. It turns out she wasn't the only one wondering this. Others took the reply, sharing their own thoughts. I am so glad I am not that entangled on Twitter where I am like, Oh, if, but you see, of course, this has been haunting me for years, read one reply, while a second one said, this has bugged me for a long time. This is like a sense of like, if you're a psychopath, I think, or not. If you're like, doesn't say, what's why? Is, you just see a picture of an egg and you go, well, Humpty Dumpty was an egg, because you see the picture. That's what the most children would do. But if you're like, doesn't say he's an egg here. This is fucked up. Was it just some fat guy on a wall that fell off and broke his head? This is genuinely the first time I've realized he's not explicitly an egg. Thankfully, Jane Etheridge, vice chairman and federation of children's book groups, replied. She said, it's believed to be a roundhead propaganda about royalist about a royalist canon. What does that even mean? I'm going to 
defer to you, Rob. Do you know what any of that word means? It's believed to be roundhead propaganda about a royalist canon. I'm not smart enough to... A, ra- a roundhead was a person who supported parliament against the king. Oh, so they were like, oh, you see what happened here? Uh, one of these roundheads fell off the wall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put it. So is that pro-parliament then? Because all the king's horses and all the king's men, they couldn't put them back together again. It's supposed to be King Richard III. So therefore, it's pro-parliament then? Yeah. I don't think it worked. <laughs> I don't think the propaganda worked at the end of the day. First appearance as an egg was in Through the Looking Glass. A theory is that Humpty Dumpty tells the story of King Richard III and his defeat at the Battle of Bods- Bosworth Field in 1485. Who the fuck knows what that is? Oh, boy. But, yeah, it takes a real dark, dark person to sit there listening to Humpty Dumpty and go, that's not an egg. That's just a guy, man. That's a guy, man. Bashed his head, man. Oh, boy. Next week on the program. Although, no, no, not next week. It'll be the week after. Marilyn Reichkamp is going to be on the show here the next couple shows. I thought it was next week, but it's not. It's the week after. Next week, we'll see who we have. Let it be a surprise. Thank you to Levi for sending in this uh, instrumental here or this remix, I should say, of Shawnee, the mannequin man. I appreciate it a great deal. If you want to send things in, joshpottershow at gmail.com is where you can do it. Please be continuing to send in your roach reportings. I had a couple here that I didn't get to that I will get to next week. I am excited for that. Oh, boy, and we had so much sports I didn't get a chance to get to, but I don't want to inundate you, you know? We had a lot of Odell Beckham Jr. That's what choice video. So go over there, uh, Instagram, at josh underscore potter, Twitter, at j underscore potter. Links are all there. Consume everything. Please be pleased to be continuing to subscribe to this podcast if you don't already, whether it be on audio devices or perhaps on YouTube. If you don't subscribe on YouTube, I'd love to have you subscribe. Hit that bell so you know when things are coming out every Tuesday, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Other than that, we will see you next Tuesday right here on The Josh Potter Show. I love you. <laughs>